everything has to overflow from my juiciness. Like if I get on this podcast with you and I am tired and negative, afraid, a place of scarcity, what is the friggin' all that matters is that I'm feeling, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all that matters. Then everything happens. My to-do list is easy. People understand if I make a mistake or have to change something because they can feel the love and the care and the happiness. Like it, it's all good. And so this is the whole thing around coaching and personal development that I feel really strongly about. You're listening to the Embrace Simplified podcast, where you will be inspired to unlock simpler, healthier ways to live your life. I'm a corporate ladder climber turned entrepreneur on a mission to help busy women feel their best. I'm bringing you real conversation with all my favorites, and we're talking wellness, relationships, money, business, career, and even parenting. I want you to laugh and cry, learn and grow right alongside me. I'm your host, Kirsty. Let's keep it real. Pour your coffee and turn it up. Together, we are going to simplify our life. Hey guys, welcome back to the Embrace Simplified podcast. Today, I am sitting down with Allison Crosswaite. And Allison was introduced to me through a mutual friend on Instagram. I went to her website. I read this life-changing blog post about trauma and money. And I immediately was just fascinated with everything she's doing. I reached out on the spot and was like, I would love to meet with you, chat with you for the podcast. And she said, yes. So we are so lucky to to have this conversation on the Embrace Simplified podcast. Her story is a really unique one and she dives into it. So just to give you guys highlights, she spent 15 years Bay Street Capital Markets left trading, went into psychotherapy, and now has since transformed again and evolved her practice and her offerings. She is, oh man, I could have talked to her all day. Online, you can join her at alisoncrosswaite.com and you can follow her on Instagram and Facebook and her community is called Snake Den. I really love this conversation. I'm so glad that you guys got to be there for it. It truly felt like we were talking one-on-one and you guys get to listen in. So that's kind of a fun twist on this style of interview that we did. And it was a vulnerable one for me. I decided to just ask all the questions I had. Really just loved how she approached things and what our conversation was about. And so I appreciate everybody's encouragement of me in this journey that I'm on and yeah, first support in this podcast and, and just seeing me for where I am in my vulnerability in this episode. Thanks you guys. All right. Welcome Allison to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be here, Christy. So we are new Instagram friends and I found you through Francesca from Franny and Co. And immediately I was like, yes, I totally need to bring you on the podcast because I need to have this conversation. I cannot wait for you to share with everybody today. So for those that don't know you, can you, can you in your own words, just introduce yourself to us? Yes, I can. 
I'm a very out of the box person. So I spent 15 years as a Wall Street trader, Bay Street, Toronto, New York, Chicago, very type A. And then I transitioned from working as a trader to becoming a psychotherapist. And I did that for nine years. And then I, my healing journey personally took me far beyond psychotherapy. And just over a year ago, I stepped away from psychotherapy into the full potential of human change. So I work with psychedelics, sexuality, breathwork, emotional release, how much change is possible and how can I help a human being expand into who they really are? That's my whole jam. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love that so much. I have. I have definitely been on like a journey of change. It's been like very gradual, maybe a little bit like slowly than suddenly there was, there was a long period of time. I say there was a long period of time where I was falling apart, but in actual fact, it's probably just my journey of change. And I, so I love that. So there is a lot of women listening to this that are like burnt out. They are exhausted and they probably something has happened to make them feel like they're lost part of their identity. There's like the big obvious reasons like the pandemic, but I find that that's sort of secondary sometimes to women that are are listening to this podcast. So can you tell us like, how do you work with these women and what are you noticing too? Because I think you probably have a pretty good read on what's contributing. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to go back to the beginning of when we're born because most of your listeners are moms. You see it in your children. We're born completely free, natural. I want this. I don't like this. Like we're just physically, emotionally, mentally free. And what happens is we get told, settle down, be good. This is the way you should do things. And we get told it verbally, obviously in school and by our parents. But even before we have language, we can feel what our caregivers respond to and what they do not. And so we take into our bodies, our hearts, our minds, our souls, all this stuff that isn't ours. And it's not because anybody's bad. There's no blame whatsoever, but we're sponges. We take this in and it gets reinforced over years because our culture is so much about the externals. Are you good in school? You got an A, you got a B, you got a C. Like we're evaluating people all the time. Then did you get into the next school? The next school? Did you get a job? Oh, you don't do that? You are not this. You're this. All these categories, right? And then we raise our own children. And it's like, are you doing this right or that right? Is this going to be okay for them or not okay for them? And every time... We are trying to satisfy an external standard. We lose a part of ourselves every single time. And it's kind of just all we do. When you walk me through that from like when we're so young and I'm like, you guys can't see me, but I'm like nodding my head like, oh my gosh. What do you think? What, so what, what happens when women wake up to that? A lot. A lot. Is that why you're falling apart? (laughs) Yeah, because you're not falling apart. I mean, I've just met you. So, you know, I don't know the particulars, but I don't believe anybody ever really falls apart. All we ever do from all of the serious mental health issues to the normal stresses of life, all they are is reactions to the strength of the conditioning that we've received. We're just natural. We're as perfect as we were when we were born, as perfect as our dogs and cats. 
we just have this gift of mind so we can absorb and evaluate and all this stuff. And we don't like it. So our health responds, our emotions respond, our minds respond, our physical energy responds, our sexuality responds. And 99% of all of the issues I've seen in my office over my decade in psychotherapy is about who am I really versus who I've been told I should be. And all of my stress and suffering always comes down to that too. So my work is about freedom and really feeling our own freedom. And I know that a question pops up and we can talk more about that this if you're interested, but the question really comes, well, what happens if we're freaking free? Because I got stuff to do. And that's the trust piece is that, is it safe for me to be free? And the answer is absolutely 150,000%. It is safe. It'll be a ride. It won't be what you planned or what you were taught, but you're, this is the only way. Yeah. Wow. It's true. Like I have, I guess in the last five years, maybe been on this like slow journey back. I'd say like back to myself, but it, I have kind of gone through that, that list that I didn't even really realize I was kind of checking the boxes on in a lot of ways dismantled like absolutely everything. So where I live, who's in my day to day, my job, my career, my business, my parenting and my marriage all changed, which most people, their initial thing is like, wow, like I don't know how you've done that or you're so strong despite all this change was like, I really didn't have a choice, like how I feel about it. And now as I'm here now in this place, I'm only now realizing because I was always seen as like this very strong and and, and independent person that I had played so small and I had started to like really hide like extreme ways where I have like being afraid to be seen, which most people who know me are like, Kirstie's not afraid to be seen. What are you talking about? She started a podcast the same month she got separated. Like, what do you mean? No, like there is major ways where I'm afraid to be seen, which is really uncomfortable. So that this like, is it safe for me? I mean, that's where I'm at. Is it safe for me? And it's funny because I've been working through like trying very small things to be seen. And when I say small, I mean like, I don't know if this is kind of the work you do with people, but sometimes it's about like how I show up in a group situation. Like, will I tell a story or will I just listen? Will I wear something that feels really me? Like 15 years ago, everyone knew me for like my big, bold jewelry. And then all of a sudden I was just in a collared shirt <laughs> for like a really long time. So like, what will I wear when I show up there? How will I like present myself? You know, how will I engage with people? Like, and then almost giving myself proof that like it's safe to do that, that you showed up that way and people liked your stories and people really engaged with you and people complimented you and it was safe to wear colored glasses again or whatever. Like it seems really basic, but that's kind of where I'm at. And this is what life is. I mean, life is what do we wear? What do we say? Who do we talk to? And can we be ourselves? Okay, so let's talk about sexuality. And how it in, in goes in with all of this. Because if you don't recognize yourself, you feel like you don't have enough time to even look at yourself in the mirror. Some some bubble baths every week is not going to fix that. <laughs> like, you know, it's not even, it's not, it's not like some green juice. It's not the cleanse. It's not the bubble baths. It's so much more than that. So talk to us about this. Mm, this is such a big topic. So sexuality is number one 
It's our desire to live, which means our desire to enjoy life, which means our desire to create. And as people identify as women, we have gotten a lot of messages that for us, our sexuality is this, right? Like it's looking a certain way. It's having sex with men. Usually those are the messages we grew up with. And it doesn't actually have that much to do with our enjoyment of the whole thing. So what's happened for most of us is we think, oh, I don't, I'm not interested in sex because we're defining sex in a very, very narrow way, which we couldn't possibly be interested in. Right. If I may speak freely. Okay. Like I like that though, because it's more about, it it actually takes a little bit of pressure off if it's more about our narrow definition that we've, we've been conditioned to look at it, at it in a certain way, then it's less about us being too tired or us being like, you know, so busy or whatever it might be that women kind of put the pressure, I think on themselves. Like there's, you know, I need to do something different for me so that I can show up for somebody else. Exactly. It becomes about how we show up for someone else. And so if we're in a relationship, any kind of relationship with a person, that is a piece of our sexuality, but that's not our sexuality. That's just a piece of it. But we tend to think, well, if that sexual relationship isn't going well, there's probably something wrong with me. Yes. That's a real thing. <laughs> that's a real thing. Yeah, that's and a real that's thing. And that's not true. Like sometimes I will get an idea for my business and I got, now I, I'm talking to another business owner and, you know, people are different, but I'm sure they'll be able to apply this. I got to make that sales page now. Like it has got to be made because I'm so damn excited about this thing. That's sexual energy. That's me honoring my energy right now. It's creation. It's what I want to bring into the world. And the hottest sex in the world probably couldn't pull me away from it in that moment. And to really honor our desires, what do we love creating? What is the beauty that we enjoy? And I do think being tired has something to do with it. And it is definitely something that needs to be addressed. But it's more about expanding and enjoying our lives and seeing what blooms from that. Because I firmly believe when we are physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually healthy, we love sex. But there's a lot of pieces that that have to be pulled away. Time, our physical health. If we're in a relationship that's got emotional power, financial dynamics, that's not hot. That hell has to be pulled away. Like. There's a lot of space that needs to be cleared and then it will run clear and free. Okay. So this is kind of the coaching that you would do, right? Like, cause what I, what I think is really interesting is like what we think we should be coached on versus what we actually need. I'm sure you notice this, right? Where you're like, Oh, I'll reach a certain point in my career and then I'll get coaching for this thing. And I'm like, well, if in my twenties, I had done like a bit of paradigm shifting. My career would have been unstoppable and my twenties and thirties would have been really different. But like, yeah, we might be, we might be starting to change the stigma on like going to therapy, but there's probably still a bit of hesitation on going to like a coach that's going to help me with my sexuality. And like, there's a lot of powerful and like very accomplished women listening to this podcast. What would you tell them? Oh my gosh. Okay. The biggest mistakes I have made is investing in 
tactics, solutions before taking care of my state. I have this big thing at the top of my planner that says state first. Everything has to overflow from my juiciness. Like if I get on this podcast with you and I am tired and negative, afraid, a place of scarcity, what is the friggin' all that matters is that I'm feeling, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all that matters. Then everything happens. My to-do list is easy. People understand if I make a mistake or have to change something because they can feel the love and the care and the happiness. People, like, it, it's all good. And so this is the whole thing around coaching and personal development that I feel really strongly about. Let's get our, and this is the work that I do, and it's a hard sell, I gotta say, often to help people understand this, that you do your energy first, feel amazing, let the tears out, because, and this is the thing, because it's not always pretty right away. Tears and rage are my first steps. Like, try selling that. <laughs> Want to come crying and scream with me? Yeah. Yeah. It's not, You know, like, people have to know they're ready. But when they are, oh, my God, like, it feels so good. And you'll feel so much lighter. And, yeah, let's, like, do things you like. That's, like, my basic strategy. Let's, like, just clear out all the crap. Do the things you like. Juice up your energy with all the sexy tools. And then it's all going to be easy. And I forget it like every day too, but it's the ultimate answer. I love that. It's because I think when we focus on like the solutions and the hacks and things like that, but the like core way that you're looking at something isn't changed, then you can kind of feel like you're ripping your hair out and you're just not getting the results you want. I, I, I think for a lot of years, that is what happened. And so when I say like a really long term, that's what was going on where like, I would, yeah, I would multitask all these like, quote unquote, healthy habits, <laughs> but, like, but it, it was a couple of things. It was definitely my worthiness that was, was getting in the way and the way that I was looking at that. But also I think the part that isn't talked about enough is the circumstances, like the circumstances that I was in were not like, you couldn't wish those away. Like they were a reality. It didn't matter how much personal development Kirsty did. The situation was not set up for her success. <laughs> That's just I'm really glad you're saying this yeah. because it's something I don't feel often that I can say. Right. Having come to the other side of it, would you change your decision? Oh my gosh. Which part? Oh, I love this. I love that you're asking me this. Which part of what I, like when you say my decision? Either to like, of them. To enter mm. into that environment or to leave it. Well, I needed the development and I needed to like start to make small shifts in order to get the empowerment, I guess, to make like the bigger changes in my life, to to feel like mentally and emotionally strong enough to make the big changes in my life. So I couldn't have done one with the without the other. I think it's just so often women get the message is that we can do something to change it. We can. Yeah. But sometimes, and I only say this because of how many people look at my story a little bit in awe, that like I think we, we, we underestimate how massive the changes are going to need to be. Like it was kind of everything I thought I always wanted. In some ways, that's what I gave up to find myself again. Yes. Everything I thought I always yes. wanted, which is crazy when you think about it. Like, it sounds really dramatic. I get it. I had to do the same thing. Everything I thought I always wanted. Oh my gosh. It's, 
And, you know, it's interesting because when people say like that they see they see me doing well and yet I feel like I'm falling apart. That was the term that I used for you, right? I have to even that I have to start shifting how I'm looking at that because they see something maybe that I don't because I, I do feel like I'm, I feel like I've been giving myself permission to fall apart for a long time. But I've done the crying, but not the rage. So how do I get to the point of rage? <laughs> well, you know, part of it is physical. If we breathe, we can, I mean, I could help you find it. When you breathe, it's in the belly. And when you go into the depths of ourselves, we all have it. We have to have it because there's so much to be angry at right from the beginning. And I am not an advocate of actually, I'm not one of those conscious people who advocates telling everybody how you feel about them. I don't agree with that at all. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in your body for yourself, having access to no way. That's really interesting because I notice a trend where therapy takes people to like, we need to tell this person how you feel. We need to, and they stop therapy. Almost every girlfriend I know is like, and so once they were like, maybe you should give the letter. I was out like six sessions in and I was done. And I'm like, no, you got to keep going. And they're like, well, I'm not prepared to do that. I never had that experience in therapy. And I love that you're saying that because if someone's listening right now and they gave up on therapy or coaching or whatever, because that was the style, I think they should yeah. try again with somebody. Absolutely. <laughs> no, I've, I've written some powerful letters that have changed my life in therapy and I've never sent them. And Richard Red of the Gene Keys, he talks about this in the most amazing way. Each relationship this is my belief. Each relationship is our evolutionary spark to growth. It's not about getting them to change or having them hear you because that's just a repeat of what caused you the problem in the first place. It's about having our feelings and knowing them for ourselves and where I'm hurt. Like, what is it that hurt me? And yeah, of course, if I need you to take the garbage out and like keep an agreement, of course, we can have that conversation. But the processing, the, oh my God, this, I felt abandoned and I felt, well, that's not about the present. It's never about the present because a human being who is in relationship with us as an adult has no responsibility to not abandon you. They only have a responsibility to keep any agreements that they keep and we all just go on our ways and some of us for a month and some of us for a lifetime. So there's healing to be done in relationship and that's personal work. And there's nothing that kills talking about sexuality. There's nothing that kills a hot sexual relationship more than endless emotional processing. Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Intimacy, <laughs> yes. Openness, yes. But freedom, that's hot. Right. Yes. Uh, yeah, you're right. Because if you just think of like after a couple's counseling session, there's a lot of, if there's been a lot of processing, it's, yeah, I see what you mean. It's not really, that's not what gets you to that place of be of wanting to be intimate with somebody. That's like heaviness. Okay. So I have huge weight that I'm putting on myself around my sexuality in that, like, what I mean by that is I'm disappointed with how I showed up sometimes. I'm like, I'm angry a little bit at myself. There's probably some shame. I'm just, I just, I let go of my boundaries. That's what it was. I let go of my boundaries in such profound ways that I can tell there's a lot of healing to be done. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> before, my, before anything like anything in the way of 
of a relationship with another person. But I would even just say there's a lot of work to be done, even just with my relationship with myself and my sexuality. And I wonder, I, I'm probably not alone in that. And so if you, if I'm, if somebody else is feeling that way and they know the bubble baths aren't going to cut it and your, your suggestion is like, look for pleasure in other areas of your life because that will just bring more pleasure into your life. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. What, what well, else yeah. what should we be doing? Like, I'm curious. I'm really curious so, because I'm somebody who loves this kind of development. So I'm like, you know, I've studied like NLP and right brain and left brain. And I bring in the oils and I let myself have chocolate and like all the things, but like there is a real block. Yeah. What I would, you know, if I was working with you, what I would suggest is we would dive into some understanding of why you did let those boundaries go. And the reason we dive in is not for blame or for sticking in the past. It's to develop self-compassion. Right. It's always the antidote to everything. It's so good. And then I would, Mm -hmm. you mentioned NLP, I would be clearing the anger and the shame. I would be clearing negative emotions, limiting beliefs like crazy. I would be um, talking to you about orgasm and the different types of orgasm. And when you do orgasm, I'd be anchoring it. So you're stack, you know, stacking anchors, I'd be stacking your orgasms. So you're building your access to that part of you. And then depending, because there'll be all kinds of things that would come out in this process, the psychedelic work can be really powerful because when you have a framework, I don't believe, I believe in preparation and integration for psychedelics. I don't believe in just playing with them, but with a foundation of all of this understanding of who you are and why and the self-compassion and the clearing, then to let the medicine clear your energy and rewire and meet you right where you are now, pristine now will be a real mouth. Right. And okay, that so, will open it up. So tell us what, when you say psychedelics, like break it down for us. What do you mean? Like if we haven't watched the Goop documentary. <laughs> the Goop documentary our- is the best ever because it just makes it simple. So watch the episode on mushrooms because the work that I do is very, very similar to that. It's okay. psychologically based. I use all my psychotherapeutic background and then I add in a whole bunch of other things and we do medium to full dose psilocybin trips in group and one-on-one with an intention. So I help people prepare with all kinds of tools and pre-frames and understanding. Then we set an intention and we do a ceremonial night where I help you stay with your breath, stay with your body, stay with your intention and let all the release and insight and medicine, the medicine calms your body, whatever form it takes for you, because it's so different for everyone. You have this incredible experience of movement. Gabor Mate calls ayahuasca, which I don't offer to clients, but he calls it 10 years of therapy in one night. And I think that's a good way to describe this. People think it might be a shortcut. It's not a shortcut. It's what I call an intense cut. So like, this is what I'm thinking of as you're saying this. My first born was like all the interventions. My second born was there's no time for anything. He's coming right now. <laughs> wow. And you survived, right? I did. When people are properly prepared in a safe environment, 
Yes, it can sometimes be very challenging, but you know your intention. You know what to do when there's challenge. You have me or a facilitator to call over and help you move through that challenge quite quickly. The experiences can be super powerful and 10 years of therapy in one night is a very good description. You can get to, I've seen people, you know, I had someone come in who was going through a divorce and was like extracting herself from a negative. And like within 24 hours, she was like Miss Sensuality. Wow. And free because she was ready. She had the preparation. She stayed with everything the medicine had to offer. She did the 10 years of work in one night and she came up the other side. It was amazing. That's so incredible. Mm-hmm. I can imagine that's like a very, like it's such a personal experience because it's like every experience is unique. So to me, that makes sense that it would support you in something like your sexuality because it's so intense and yours. <laughs> Wow. Is it, is it like people talk about, I'm going to lose the name of it. They talk about EMDR. Eye movements or MDMA? No. The, the one where you're doing therapy, I don't think you're going back. Maybe you are. You're going back and looking like back at, at memories. Why can I not think of what it's called? Eye movement, desensitization and reprocessing. I mean, that's a very powerful trauma modality that uses eye movements to clear trauma. You do, you do think about past events when you do that. Yeah. Like, okay. So as somebody with trauma in their past, what kind of like, that seems like it would be really intense if that was going to come. Like in some ways, I think I, the way I describe it is that everything's in a drawer. I've collected all the pieces and I've put them in a drawer and like, I'm only now opening the drawer. Do I need to be further along in my healing to do something like that? What you or anybody need. Is the desire to open the drawer and the trust in the container that you do it in. And the, so basically that's how I screen my people is when they say, I know it's there and I'm ready. We can do it. And it won't all happen in one night. Yes. A big piece can happen. That's ready to happen. Like the woman I just described, but you know, you will not be given more than you can handle. And yeah, like you could have a really intense three, six months. And if that was what you felt called to and you wanted to do it, it could be amazing. But that's always the question. Do you want to? Do you feel drawn? I think sometimes when people are are in awe, I think that they're like, wow, you stuck it out like you've done therapy for that long. I think that's they're what that that's part that, that they're missing is like that there was a desire. I I really I really needed protected space and time in my weeks and my month where I felt very seen and very heard because I wasn't receiving that in other areas of my life. So it's been a pretty core piece of my healing and my self-care and all those things, but it's been very intense. (laughs) It's been really intense. And that's exactly what I mean. Like you know it's for you, even though it's intense. You know it's for you. And I think that's true of any modality and any medicine. And often I hear people go, oh, I should do this because people are getting amazing results or it's the thing. No, I, we should only do what calls us. And there's certain psychedelics that do not call me at all. And I know they are not for me. Each of us knows which medicine, when each of us knows. Okay. Is all of this stuff legal in Canada? No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> I had to ask that question. I was like, 
Everybody listening right now is going to be like, Kirsty, what is going on here? This doesn't sound legal. No, 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 it's It's coming. So it is not legal. The substances are not legal. I would liken the situation, spoken off the record as a non-lawyer and a non-regulated health professional, to what cannabis was seven years ago. And there have been some studies and some approved uses for palliative care in B.C., There are some people taking steps to be that legal case that moves things along. We've got decriminalization and legalization happening in many places in the United States, especially with psilocybin. The results are undeniable for PTSD, addiction, depression, palliative care, smoking cessation. And this is this is coming. What it looks like, we don't know. We don't know. I love it. Okay. That's amazing. Thank you so much for giving me the full answer on that one. That's great. Okay. So tell everybody how they can work with you and what you have coming in 2022. I mean, like, is there like a package where we just like walk and scream in the forest? Is there, am I working with you for a year, for a month? Like, tell me more. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So I do three month programs because it's so intense. I feel that that's the right amount of container. And I have one starting in January, one starting in April. They get, they're formatted slightly differently to accommodate different travel preferences because some people are local and it's a combination and some people are not local and it's a combination of online and in-person work. The program in January, it's called Empower Version 4 and it's monthly ceremonies and breath work and emotional release and one-on-ones with me to get to the bottom of everything. So those are those are my general containers. And then I also do one-on-one work. And what I'd suggest for anybody, if you're just interested, you feel tugged, my website is allisoncrossweight.com and my email is allison at allisoncrossweight.com. And let's just book a chat and let's just see because, you know, who knows? Who knows what's possible for you in 2022? And if, if I had my way, my programs would be overbooked, not just because it's my business, but because I want to see the world opening up to their juice. I want to see women having the best time ever because I believe the most subversive thing is a happy, non-anxious woman. Mm. What are they going to do with us? (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay. We'll make sure that all the links to where you can find Allison and follow her and connect with her online are in the show notes. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Chrissy. This has been so much fun. Thanks for listening to Embrace Simplified, the podcast. I hope you picked up some inspiration today and that you take action to feel your best. Can you guys do me a solid? If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. It helps more people find the podcast. If you know someone who needs to hear this episode, shoot them a text right now and share it. I love getting those notes from friends. And I also love seeing where you're listening from. So please keep tagging us online at Embrace Simplified. Don't forget to subscribe so you can catch new episodes as they drop. Until next time, I'm your host, Kirsty. Remember, you have it in you to simplify your life.